Verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. And I want to thank God for the mothers in the house this morning. Amen. Many of us saw what happened in Maryland over the last two weeks. And we saw that mother who was possessed with a zeal to make sure that her son does not become a statistic. Yeah. The mother who obviously has been talking to his son about proper behavior. And for some reason, the boy was getting caught up in the sentiment of a moment. And she saw him on TV, did not sit back idly, wondering and hoping something right will happen. She went out there and got him, but not only that, taught him some sense. <laughs> Whatsoever your mother said to you, what? Do it. Ben Carson, who will be running on the Republican platform in the 2016 presidential election, just wrote a book called Gifted Hands. And as I read the excerpt of the book two days ago, he describes his mother, Sonia Carson, as the earliest strongest and most impacting force in his life. Abraham Lincoln said this, all that I am or ever hope to be I owe to my mother. And so mothers this morning, we truly salute you. Yes. 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 Amen. We truly do. We thank God for you and we pray that you will live to enjoy the harvest and the investment of your labors in your children, in your family, in Jesus' name. Amen. And that your children will grow up to be a delight and a pleasure Amen. that brings fulfillment and satisfaction to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so, let's trust Jesus and then we're going to come back. Trust in Jesus and to take him at his word just to rest.
promise and to know the says the Lord so Jesus Jesus how I trust in how I grew you Jesus Jesus precious To trust in Jesus, just to trust His cleansing blood, and in simple faith to plunge me. To trust in Jesus Just from sin and self to see Just from Jesus' simply taken All of my right and rest That song says, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. That's speaking in the third person. If you really want to get the benefit of this song, you need to say to him, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you. It's a personal relationship. Enter into the spirit of the music and talk to him. That's how you get the benefit of worshiping him. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you. How have proved you over and over. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Maybe at the end, 
just guys, you'll be ready. Let me, let me just get in this thing and let me give you 15 minutes someone else. And we may have to come back and do this. But I don't want you guys to miss those moments. Jesus, you say, I trust him. What does that mean? I trust you, Jesus. I've proven you yes. over and over. And watch faith rise up in you to accomplish the impossible. Let's get in the word this morning. I already passed it already in John chapter 2. Verse 3, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Now, notice this about mothers. She went to him and said, they have no wine. What does that mean? Potentially. That joy is running out. The fun is about to end. The party is about to be over. There's no more wine. This party is about to become a flop. And she said to him, I mean, he said to her, woman, what have I got to do with you? My hour has not yet come. Look at this mother. She was not moved by what she heard. She did not allow Jesus' non-commitment to deter her from the end result she was believing for. She didn't debate it. She didn't argue it. She didn't try to convince him. She just simply turned to the servants. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. And walked off. So I want to begin this message this morning by asking the question. What gave Mary this kind of confidence? Why did she think she could just say to the servants, whatever he asked you to do, do it. And did not blink an eye, did not doubt for a second that the expected outcome would take place. Mind you, the reason this is a very important question is because as we read in John chapter 2 verse 19, this will be the first miracle that Jesus has ever performed. So, the question is, upon what was she building her confidence? What proven track record was she basing her confidence in Jesus on? Because Jesus at this point, I don't want to use the term rookie, but you understand what I mean? This will be the beginning of his public ministry. His first outing and his first miracle. But in spite of that, Mary did not doubt for one second. She just said, whatever he says to you to do, do it. That must have been where Nike got it from. Just do it. Don't think about it. Don't ask any questions. Don't wonder about it. Just do it. I said to myself, why? How she? Because if we get that this morning, we have the same confidence and be able to make things happen the way Mary said it up. 
So, let's go on a short journey and then we're going to come right back. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. What gave Mary the confidence to know that even though Jesus dismissed her and said to her, my time is not yet. In fact, even in that statement, even in that statement, it gives you a clue. Jesus did not say, I can't do anything about the problem. He just said, it's not the right time. So she just said, whatever he says to you to do, just do it. How did she know that Jesus would use the servants? Luke chapter 1. In Luke chapter 1, there were two angelic encounters. The first one has to do with the encounter that Zacharias, who was the father of John the Baptist, had with angel Gabriel. And I don't want to read too much, but let me just give you a little bit. Luke chapter 1 in verse 6. And they were both righteous before God, walking in the, all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went to the house or to the temple of the Lord. And a whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the house of incense. Verse 13. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear your son, and you shall call his name John. So here in this first angelic encounter, Luke 16, verse 16, gives us a clue as to what is happening here. The Bible tells us that the law and the prophets were until John. And that thereafter, the kingdom of God came and every man pressed to enter into it. So what's the point I'm making? This first angelic visitation has to do with the law. And if you read the passage properly, we are told Elizabeth and Zacharias were righteous. They were blameless. They were well advanced in age. And we know that they were praying. Because in verse 13, the angel says, your prayer has been heard. Ah. This couple who was in need tried to have their needs met on the basis of their praying over a long period of time on the basis of their righteousness before God over a long period of time they got answers but it took a while. Yes. Are you following me this morning? Yes, Contrast that to Luke chapter 1 in verse 26, 
Now in the sixth month, an angel, the angel Gabriel was sent to God to the city of Galilee, named Nazareth. Now this same angel, Gabriel went to Zechariah, and Gabriel is now coming to Mary. Same angel. Okay? To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. What is her credentials? What is Mary's qualification? For Zechariah, we are told, is a priest, is righteous, is blameless, is advanced in age, and by implication, have been praying for a long time. And the same angel came to Mary. All we are told about Mary is a virgin betrothed to a man. No credentials. Nothing that we can write about concerning her righteousness, her devotion. We have none of that. Oh, hallelujah. And the angel's visitation to her, immediately in verse 28, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice highly, favored one. My God. Mary, what did you do to get that visitation? Nothing. For you that's here this morning, just as the angel announced to Mary to rejoice highly, I'm announcing to you that in spite of the fact that you have not seen the outcome, in spite of the fact that you don't know what God has in store for you, you can rejoice highly. No, 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 no. You didn't hear me. I didn't tell you to rejoice. I said rejoice highly because what God is about to put on you, religion cannot get it. Your righteousness cannot get it. Your prayer cannot get it. This is not about you. It is about God who has purposed to favor you highly. Hallelujah. So the angel said to Mary, rejoice highly favored one. Did he stop there? No. He goes on to say, the Lord is with you. There are some of you here this morning, you are doubting your situation. You don't know how you're going to survive. You are in a hard place between a rock and the wall and you are wondering, does God have any plan for me? Does God have a means to redeem me from this situation? I want you to know like David said, yea though you walk through the valleys of the shadow of death, I am with you. That rod and that staff, they will comfort you. Why? Because the Lord is with you and one with God. As far as I know, is a majority. Glory be to God. Hallelujah! God is with you. Amen. I'm trying to get you to understand why Mary had confidence. How can she say to Jesus and to the servants, whatsoever he says to you, do it. She got her credentials from God. She didn't earn it. She didn't work for it. She did not strive for it. She did not count on how righteous she was. She was counting on the grace of God. She was counting on the unconditional, unqualifiable, illogical love of God that does not count based on your gender, does not count based on your color, does not count based on your height, does not count based on your accomplishments. Rejoice highly. The Lord is with you. Oh, but that's not all. Then he goes on to say, blessed are you, my God, among women. And in verse 30, do not be afraid, Mary. 
For you have found favor with God. I want you to know this morning. You have found favor with God. God is not angry with you. And as you will see, you will know why I asked them to sing that song again in a moment. And I pray that faith will rise up in your heart to believe God for the impossible. To understand that God has already done it, completely perfected it, before he hands it over to you. So Mary's first encounter with God through angel Gabriel was of grace. Not of works. Rejoice highly. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But like everybody else, it's amazing how we get a sense of God. We feel God now. And by the time you get home this afternoon, you may not nearly feel him as, well, as much. So there needs to be a continual touch yes. and reminder that God is still present in your situation. Amen. Now, let's go a little further. Amen. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. So now God visited Mary, spoke to Mary to announce that Jesus will be, that she will be pregnant with Jesus. In Luke chapter 2 now, Jesus is being born. In verse 18. Okay, verse 16. Luke, Luke, Luke 2 verse 16. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told concerning this child. And all, now listen to this, and all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. So everybody that heard what Mary heard marveled. Did Mary marvel? Read the next verse. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. So rather than marvel and carelessly receive the word, and moments later, forget what you received. The Bible said she pondered those things in her heart. In other words, she meditated on them. She, 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 she went on over and over and over. Wow. This is what God is saying. Are you hearing me? Verse 48, the same chapter. Now Jesus is 12 years old. Verse 48. The story is, they went to Jerusalem to observe the feast. And on the way back home, they discovered that Jesus was missing. And it took three days for them to find him back. Verse 46. Now, so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, but listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they, when they saw him, they were amazed and his mother said to him, Son! Oh, this is interesting. Who talked to him? After they found him, Joseph and Mary were there, but who did he speak in? Don't you cross your mama. You may get in some serious trouble. Son! Why have you done this to us? 
Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Look at verse 51. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. So three things we know now. The announcement of the birth by grace. At the birth, the shepherds came to speak and pronounce words over the boy. Everybody around marveled. She pondered it. Now, age 12, they went to the temple. It was missing. They found him back. They talked to him about it. And he said, must I not be about my father's business? And the mother again pondered. So, all these years, there's a cumulative effect of the meditation and the pondering of this unique son of God. Yes. That this is not an ordinary child. Yes. And what I want you to get this morning, the reason for which I wanted that song over and over and over, and I want you to get it, is that you need to understand, it's not just God asking me and you to trust him. No, 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 no. If that's the only thing you understand, you miss it. Let me break it down. Number one, God in creation, Genesis, created the heavens and the earth. And on the sixth day, Brother Greg, he made Adam and Eve and committed to them the crown of his own creation. He said, I'll give you dominion yes. over the earth. Psalms 115, verse 16 tells us, the heaven, even the heavens, belong unto the Lord our God. But the earth he has given to the children of men. So much so, David pondered in Psalms 8, what is man that you are so mindful of him? What is man that you do visit him? You crown him with loving kindness and tenderness. And you make him to have dominion over the works of your hand. So what I'm saying to you is, it's not just me trusting God. You have to understand this morning, no matter where you are, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, that first and foremost, the only way and only reason I can ever trust God is he first trusted me. Oh my God. You are not hearing me. He knew Adam would fall. He knew the earth is giving him, he will fall. You see, I cannot give my Maserati to my 10-year-old son to go and drive. I know he will wreck it. But God knew that the earth he was giving to Adam, Adam will fail. Adam will mess it up. It will take him a long time, a huge price, to repair it and bring it back. In spite of all of, of, all of that, he did not withhold it back. He still gave it to him. Hallelujah. That is love. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 13 verse 7. The Bible said, God, I mean, love always trusts. Yes. NIV translation. Read it. Read it. So you need to understand this morning, no matter what you are faced with, God, the God of the universe, trusts you. Yes. Oh, let me say it in a better way. I am saying to you, God believes in you. 
<laughs> you see, the person that can affect you the most is not the person you look up to. The person that impacts your life the most is the person who sees you in your lowly estate and says to you, no matter how low you are, I believe in you. Yeah. There is something in you that's greater than what you see. Yeah. And so I'm saying to you this morning, God believes in you. No matter where you've been, no matter what your story has, I'm saying to you, no matter where you are going, God trusts you, believes in you, and has committed to you that riches of his kingdom. If I knew my son is going to wreck my car, why would I give him the keys? I won't do it. But that's not God. He knew Adam would fail. And yet he said, Adam, here are the keys. This is the crown of my creation. Take it. Yes. Wow. And he knew it would take him years and cost him his best. And yet that's what he did. Wow. I want you to start seeing God from a different prism. From a different perspective. Yes. It's not just commanding, you trust me. I'm God. Trust. No, 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 no. You see, God can only get what he's given. Yes. He can only reap where he's sown. He has sown to you and I trust. He has sown to you and I believe. He said, I have believed in you. Therefore, I have a right to expect the harvest. Yes. Yes. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you this morning? Uh, on and on, I need to sit on that for a minute. Because the reason Mary could trust Jesus is because Jesus was trusted her. Yes. Yes. Think about it. Malachi chapter 2 says, God gives us children through husband and wife, man and woman, because he seeks godly offspring. So here's God. You have given the earth to Adam. He's blown it. Now, God, you want to come into the earth. And the only way you can come is through humanity. What does he do? He finds a tender young girl with no life experience. My God, a girl that's an accident waiting to happen. And God said, you are the prime qualified candidate. I'm going to trust myself wow. upon you. Wow. I'm going to entrust this button of this godly offspring. Not to the experienced, religious, wonderful, devout people. No, then they'll take the credit. But I'm going to trust myself to you, tender Mary, that don't know jack about nothing. You are going to be the one I'm going to trust. You are the object of my trust to bring forth my son. Think about that. If you and I were making the choice, is that the choice we will make? So in creation, he trusted us. In bringing from Jesus, he trusted Mary. Mothers this morning, and fathers for that matter, don't you know, just as God trusted Mary with his son, God is trusting you mothers that's hearing me right now, fathers as well, with the stewardship of his godly offsprings. Yes. Yes. You are saying, I don't have money. I don't have education. I don't have this. No, no, that's not what it takes. What it takes is that you reciprocate. He is trusting you, trust him back. Yes. Say to him, God, I don't have the resources, but I'm trusting you because I know you have it. Yes. If you are trusting me to raise your child, because we are just stewards, these children don't belong to us, they just come through us. Yes. So if we are trusting him and say, God, because you are trusting me with your children, 
I'm trusting for the resources to nurture them, to train them, to raise them, so that I can give them back to you. Yes. Don't you understand the resources will be rained down upon you? He believed in us, giving us the earth. He believed in Mary, gave Jesus through him, through her other. He believes in every mother today. Ah. In the book of, let me find it. I think Mark 6.13. Or Luke 6.13. Let me, let me go to Luke 4. Since I'm here. Yep. Incredible. He believes in us, giving us the creation, the earth. He believed in Mary, gave Jesus through her. He believes in every mother and every parent here today to raise up godly offering, offspring. Now look at this wonderful thing happening. Mark, Mark 16, don't turn there. Mark chapter 16. Jesus so believes in his unbelieving disciples and commits their great commission to a bunch of people who didn't believe. Oh, you don't believe me? The way you guys are, let's go there then. Mark 16. You guys are looking at me very funny. Mark 16. Mark 16. Look at what happened. Mark 16, verse 14. Later, he appeared to the 11 as they sat at the table. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. That should disqualify them henceforth. Correct. Yes. But in the next breath, he said to these guys, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And then I read in Luke chapter 6, in verse 13, look at this. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself and from them he chose to have whom he also named apostles. Trust. Trust. You guys didn't get the implication. Yes. These men were not even born again. Not only did they not believe, they did not believe in him, they were not born again, and Jesus in their unborn againness trusted, trusted them enough and name them apostles. Whoa. Whoa. Hello. Do you see that God does nothing as we think? No, sir. He named them apostles. Unbelievers that will not believe him. He rose again from there. They say it didn't happen. How can I trust God? How can Mary trust God enough to say, whatever I say, so you do it? Because she first knew God trusted her. Yes. Yes. She was confident. Why? Because she knows that God trusted her. And because God trusted her, she's going to make pronouncements. And, and in fact, by the way, this was the only statement from Mary in all the scriptures. Whatsoever it says to you, do it. Do it. And left. We saw her at the cross, but she didn't speak. And for 4,000, I mean, 2,000 years, what she said is still speaking to us. Yes. Because now Mary is speaking, he just didn't speak to those servants, now he's speaking to us. Yes. 
through the irons of time, he sent to us Greg, to Bank, to Charles, to anybody who's listening. Whatsoever he, Jesus says to do, do it. He's just as good now as it was then. Why? Because he trusted me and I'm telling you, I've tested his trust and as a result of that, I can tell you, he will do it. He will do it. It's what is good. And what, so what did Jesus say? Fill the water pots with water. Take away for you now. Be filled. Be filled. Ephesians 5.18 Be filled with the Spirit. And do not be drunk, wearing as in excess. So the first thing Jesus is saying to us now, all of these years, is be filled. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Ah! I'm about to make a statement. God help me to articulate it so it does not, it's not misunderstood. Why is he asking us to be filled? You see this thing, this book? It's just a letter. The same alphabet here and yes. your Ebony magazine. True. Time magazine. Fortune magazine. Whatever you're reading. The same letters. It's, not, it's the same thing. What Jesus is saying to me and you now. Yes, we must know the word because that's what the water there represents. Yes. Be filled with water. Yes. But before you get to being filled with water, I want to, I want to say to you, this letter talks about Jesus. Luke 24, John chapter 6. Ye search ye the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. But they are they which testify of me. The reason we must read the word and read the word well is because the word is the testimony about Jesus. It helps me to know who he is. But I, do, I have no relationship with the letter. You cannot have romance with these letters. No, sir. It's not possible. No, sir. The relationship is with him, the person of Jesus Christ. These letters help you know who he is. Yes. So you can be engaged with him. That's why being filled with the Spirit is important. The Holy Spirit is Jesus today talking to you and I. You have to know him. You have to be filled with him. The Holy Spirit. Amen. And then fill the water pot with water. That's the word of God. Because the word of God is the only way you can really identify who Jesus is, know what he likes, what he does not like. And when the Holy Spirit is instructing you, it's through the word of God, you know what it is. That's why the Bible says we desire, as new young, new young babes, we should desire the sincere milk of the word of God that we may grow thereby. We will never grow in our relationship with God if we don't know the word of God. Ah, see, you're not happy now. When I was saying favor and grace, you were jumping up. <laughs> now I'm telling you what's going to sustain you after you jump so your feet will be on the ground. It's the word of God. It's the word of God. The word introduces him to you, tells you, and describes him to you. So we need to constantly be filled with the spirit, continue to grow in the word, and the last thing says, draw. Draw. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 11. From the words of salvation, we draw water. What does that mean? From the infilling of the spirit, and the word of God that's deposited in you, draw out to minister. Because when the wine was drawn out, what was it done? It was not given back to Jesus, but it was served to others. 
So you are filled with the Spirit. You have the Word of God residing in you. And out of the reservoir and the fullness that's in you, you draw out to touch and minister to other people. Yes. Amen. Amen. Just this last Wednesday, my wife was telling me at Loma, the outreach, they ministered to, to a couple and both were born again. But if they didn't minister to them, it won't happen. It won't happen. So Jesus is saying to us today, we need to noise his fame abroad and make him famous. How do we do that? We are filled of his spirit. We have his word in us. And when the opportunity arises around us, we draw from what we have and we serve it. We bless people. We empower them. We bring them to the kingdom of God. Or if we are members of a congregation, you serve one another in love so that we can grow and be edified. Amen? Amen. Amen. Mary spoke back then and through those words, still speaking. Whatsoever Jesus speaks to you to do, do it. Thank God that those servants didn't think about it. They didn't argue. They didn't debate. They just simply obeyed. And when they obeyed, there was a manifestation. So my prayer for you on this Mother's Day is that at and through your obedience, you will see and receive your manifestation. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I am done. Praise God. Pastor Abike, over to you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.